At the end, it's like Taco Bell, and you're just in that like. <laughs> it's like we've been duped. Do you know what? Like, <laughs> like, but like, like in the back of your mind, it's like, hey, dang, is it a Taco Bell commercial? But it looks nice. Welcome back to On The Set, guys. Thank you for listening, watching, viewing, and subscribing. Uh, if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Like I said, trying to get to 500 subs by the end of this month. We'll greatly appreciate it. It doesn't cost you anything. God, I've really gone down bad at this point. I'm begging for subs. I never thought I'd be that guy. Please, please, sub, sub, please. But uh, yeah, today we have a, a guest on. His name is uh, John Simon. And uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself, John. What's good, boys? You already know who I am, bro. <laughs> I'm John. Yo. Tell the guests. Let them. What? We know. Yeah, we know you. I don't know. They don't know you. Tell them why you're here today. What you're here to talk about. Okay, cool. So yeah, I'm John Simon. Uh, I do e-commerce. So like, I build brands online. And yeah, the homies just invited me to come out and talk about e-com. So. That's what's up. I've never talk seen someone some, do what you're doing right now. Some e-com. Yo, it's so much more comfortable like this. I just get to chill in the I'm back of my the chair. Joe mics at this point. It's a lot, dude. You should get the Joe Rogan mics. Should I? Mm-hmm. I see you rocking the Vivint hat. Like, tell me about your experience with that company. Like, oh, with Vivint, yeah, dude. Vivint was a wild ride, bro. So, it's crazy. Like, the story of Vivint starts with how I like got into Vivint. So, for you guys that don't know, like, Vivint's a door-to-door sales company. So, I dropped out of college when COVID hit. Like, everyone was like going home. There was so much uncertainty. I was like. Fuck it, let's make it more uncertain. Wait, can I curse on here? Yeah, yeah go care. for it. Bro. All right, cool. I was Fuck like, it. let's just make it more uncertain. I'm going to drop out. Things are already bad, make it worse, right? Might <clears> as well. Fuck just it. Fuck just, it, make just go it worse. Full send. Yeah, okay. So I drop out. I was going to like do e com full time, but like my store just wasn't popping. So my friend called me. He's like, yo, like I signed up to do this crazy door to door sales thing. I'm like, all right, where's it at? He goes, it's in Colorado. I'm like, all right, cool. It's sounding good. Like, what do I have to do? He goes, you got to knock on doors. Uh, you might make like 50K. So I'm like, all right, bet. I'll go. So that same night, he sends me the number to the manager, the sales manager. My sister calls him up because I was staying with my sister at the time. And um, basically, like, he sells my sister on the idea of allowing me to go to Colorado to do sales. So I, I say, all right, let's just go. I pack up my truck. And in two days, I drive across the country in my truck all the way to Colorado. Um, I literally had no idea, like, what selling is, didn't know how to sell or anything, but I was committed to being there. Um, I did some training. I went out. First day, I knocked doors, probably knocked, like, 70 doors, and I got a sale my first day. That sale got me like 700 bucks profit. It's a good confidence booster for, you know, one for one already. Dude, a huge confidence booster. And then the second day I went out, I was knocking. I got two sales on the second day. So it was like, all right, first day I got one, second day I got two. I can definitely do this all summer long. So at the end of the summer, I ended up getting 63 sales. Average of $767 per sale. I made like 49 G's in four that's, months. That's what's up. And um, I know there has like a tier system with mm-hmm. it. So like where did you rank at after those sales? Um, so kind of the way it works is the more uh, they, they go based off RMR. So what's that? RMR is let's say I sell you a smart home and it costs you 120 bucks a month to get it. So the RMR for me would, would be I just earned 120 RMR. So let's say once you pass like a thousand RMR, 
you get bumped up to the next pay scale. So initially your RMR multiplier is like $6. And then after you pass a thousand, it's like $8. After you pass 5,000, it's like $10. So the more sales you make, the higher your multiplier is. So I got up to like a pretty high multiplier and that's how I ended up making like so much money. It's good. It's good. I know it's a, it's a gruesome job that you're sitting out there in the grueling heat and, hmm. you know, it's repetitive. You know, you, a lot of people will say no, slam doors in your face, throw stuff at you. You know, I've heard whole whole bunch of crazy stories. But, um, yeah, hopping off that. So I know you do e-commerce, too. It's kind of why we brought you on here today. So if you want to you wanna tell the audience what e-commerce even is and then we can start there. Yeah. So basically e-commerce is any form of, of, of a online transaction. So like anytime you go online, you put your credit card details in, that's e-commerce in its most basic sense. That's what's um, up. Yeah. Me, what I do is like I build brands online. So like you've probably been on Facebook or Instagram or you've seen some sort of brand that's like a, a legit brand like Curology or like yeah. there, there's tons of them out there. But behind those brands is like a 20-year-old or a 17-year-old kid yeah. like me who's literally just hustling and doing that stuff. So that's what I do. So you're telling me uh, earlier about uh, e-commerce. There was a uh, what, what was it that you were saying? There's five. Um, oh yeah, five pillars of e-commerce. Five pillars of e-commerce. So what are those? Yeah. So these are like kind of like five pillars that I made up about e-commerce. Um, the first pillar is branding. You got to have like a good brand. Then the second pillar is affiliates. You gotta have affiliates to market your product, like TikTokers, Instagrammers. You get like user generated content, content, content. content. Yeah, content. Thank you. With affiliates, then uh, after affiliates, you have your paid ads. So you you get the uh, UGC from the affiliates, and then you run that UGC as a paid ad, and those are the best converting ads, best performing ads. And then you have your supply chain. That's how you ship the product from wherever it's manufactured to your customer in a timely manner. Gotcha. And then you have your customer service and that's how you keep your customers happy. So those are like the five pillars, branding, affiliates, paid ads, supply chain, customer service. So basically you follow those and you'll be successful. Um. <laughs> well, somewhat. Some, they, no, no, you follow those and they'll aid you to be more successful or at yeah. least get a chance at being successful. Yeah, I mean, you do have to follow some systems like in in every business there's systems that if you follow like it'll increase your likelihood of success and the more successful you get, the more you can rely on your systems and the more you rely on your systems, the more you can take a step back from your business and let everything run on its own. Like right now, my whole e-commerce store, it's it's all automated. I could take a step back and and go travel for a whole week, not worry about anything. And I'm still going to make a crazy amount of sales that week, even though I'm not present in the business. Oh, okay, okay. And I want to talk. go back to the branches that you were talking about before. Mm-hmm. You said that you made them personally yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, what what was the process for you? Like, you know, like, dang, like, mm-hmm. these are the five things I need to, to make a successful company. Yeah, or so. Or e-commerce. But same, you got it. You got yeah. the gist. So, like. You guys know, like, I did, like, 40-plus stores. Yeah. Like, I did a lot. I tried a lot. I, I did know you a were lot telling me all about your new ideas every single, like, you know, day or week. Mm-hmm. Dude, I literally grinded on this since I was 17. I failed so many times. 
but guess what? You never took no for an answer, and that's why now you're successful because you yeah. kept pushing through no matter what because you saw your vision and uh, you saw it through, and now here you are, and you're just starting. So, you know, we'll see how far you can go. Yeah, so I never gave up. So, like, from all those failures, <laughs> I learned what not to do. So those pillars have always been around, but I learned that those are the ones that actually matter. So, like, if we take branding, for example – there are a subset of pillars and the branding pillar. There's there's a whole subset of pillars underneath there. And when it comes to affiliates, another subset. When it comes to paid ads, a huge subset. Because you got to be doing paid ads omni-channel. So you got to have the Google going, the Facebook, the TikTok, the Snapchat, the Instagram, the Taboola. All the ads. You don't even know what it is. Dude. Every single paid ads platform you can utilize, you got to have them all going omni-channel and that gives your brand a real brand effect because when someone gets caught in your funnel, they're seeing you everywhere. You go, on, you go on Snapchat, damn, there's the brand. You're on Instagram, damn, there's the brand. You're on Google, you're on a blog and you see that little pop-up ad on Google, it's like they're following you everywhere, dog. Yeah. It's crazy and then that's how you really get people to buy like... You know, in door-to-door sales, we would try and get seven no's before we get one yes. It's the same thing on this um, in e-commerce. We want to show them our ad as many times as we can um, so we can get that sale. That's what's up. Oh, that's, that's, that's just the numbers again. Like, that's what sales what's persistence down to. Too. You know? At this point, everything you've done in your life is persistence. And eventually, it'll pay off. You know, You'll take a lot of no's, so you take one big yes, and that big yes what sets it off. So what is your advice to anyone else that's trying to go into e-commerce like yourself? I know there's going to be a lot of failures, but, but mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what, what it boils down to? Mm-hmm. What does it boil down to? It boils down to networking and systems. So if you can get the right network around you, I wish that I had someone like me when I was coming up to block out the noise. Like there's so much noise in e-commerce. Like if you go on YouTube and you Google like drop shipping or you like go Google like how to make money online, there's just gonna be so much noise there and so many different ways to do it. I would find somebody like me to actually block out that noise and tell you like, all right, well that's just like BS, you shouldn't listen to that. So I block out the noise and then I would focus on one thing. Like Like mentorship, right? Yeah, mentorship, but not paid because a a paid mentorship, that's not a real mentorship. That's consulting. A mentorship is, is when someone helps you because they like you as a person. They want to help you. Anything else is just someone selling you a service. Are you a mentor yourself? I've, I've paid for mentors, yeah. Um, oh, but are you mentoring? People hit me up in the DMs. They're like, yo, like... For example, some guy hit me up today. He's like, yo, what's the best way to market a pressure washing company? It wasn't e-commerce, but it's still a form of marketing. I told him, I was like, dude, you need to go door to door and get as many clients as possible. And then you need to have a really good referral program. So after every sale you get, your clients should go on their Facebook and Instagram, post a picture of their clean ass gutters or clean ass roof. Be like, look, I just got it done from this company. Um, Tell them I sent you. And because word of mouth marketing is the most powerful form of marketing. It is. 100%. It really is. It really is. Because that's the, the most true form. I mean, you can't really trust anything from ads. 
because it's not the real thing. But if it's right in your ear and right in your face and you're seeing it in front of you, then you're just like, okay, so we're working with something here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of fake stuff out there, a lot of scams, a lot of fake stuff. You can't really trust everything you see, but when someone that you trust tells you about someone, um, the trust from that person extends to the trust of the company. And that's that's a reason that UGC, user-generated content, works so well for e-commerce. 100%. Because they see someone who looks like them, talks like them, using your product, and it doesn't look all touched up like an ad. Believe it or not, the best ads right now are literally just TikTok videos. If you were to run a TV commercial, let's say you own Geico, you always see the green lizard everywhere. Yeah. For sure. If Geico was to make a TV commercial I'll as be a TikTok it. ad... <laughs> Dude, everyone's gonna watch that TV commercial. Like, like, uh, uh, for example, um, the Taco Bell, Taco mm-hmm. Bell ad. Oh my God! Those Stop. Taco Bell. I don't ad, hear about that shit anymore. Bro, the bro, stupid anime thing. Hell my yeah. friend thought it was an actual anime. Bro, that's how good it was. It was good. Like I watched it, I was like, "Dang, dang, Taco Bell!" Like They're, I see you. Like, but like, do? what did they do? They're fighting over nacho fries. It's an anime <laughs> of two sides fighting over nacho fries. It's stupid, and It though. seems like it's going to be a real movie, but at the end, it, it just pops it's out. Taco Live Taco Bell. Taco Bell. I'm yeah. just like, what the uh, fuck is this? You want to know what this? that is called? Sorry to interrupt. That's called native advertising. You can't tell that it's an ad. Yeah. That's the best form of advertising. Exactly, yeah. bro. Because, look, it's stupid, though, but, like, at the end of the day, it's like, damn, like, what is this? Like, all, you see all the flashing colors, like, like, people moving around and stuff, and there's, like, at the end, it's oh. like, Taco Bell, and you're just in that like. It's like we've been duped. Do I what? But like, like in back of your mind, it's like, dang, dang, is it a Taco Bell commercial? But it looked nice, you know. That's why we would be buying the nacho fries. I actually just got the box today. No cap. So. How, how, how's it tasting? It's pretty good. You know, I, I like the Chalupa box better, but yeah, I try not to eat too much fast food. But yeah, sometimes I uh, sometimes you know. I've been up since five a.m. and I literally just got back, and it's. Six o'clock. I've been in Miami all day for um, just work and stuff at FMU. So, yeah, I'm pretty exhausted right now. I'm running on no sleep. I, I didn't even sleep last night in general. So, and the night before, I didn't sleep either. So, same, same. But, hey, John. Oh, yeah, that's fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, came, I just came from Ohio, but that's besides the point. Yeah. For Carly. Um, oh, you dropped him Yeah, I dropped him off. It was a 17 hour drive. Unfucking believable. Uh, bro, my knees. Fuck that. Bro, my knees, bro. Uh, I'm a bro. I, I, I never experienced something like that, bro. But. Dude, imagine me when I drove to Colorado. And then after Colorado, I drove to Pennsylvania. <laughs> and then Pennsylvania home. Speaking of drive. You did it by yourself? Crazy, by myself. John, how was the drive here? Dude, the drive here sucked, dude. Fuck. Uh, guard gate. You guys suck. You guys can lick my sack. Kyle from guard gate you're a pussy hold yo. on hold on hold on all right jeremy i need you to cut out the part yeah, yeah, yeah i don't yeah, want yeah. my neighborhood put be, on this podcast dropped, but but yeah but yeah Jer- i really, you know, kyle, I really hope he ends up cutting this out kyle kyle can lick my sack yeah, yeah. You just why, wait hold on why why can you, why do you want kyle to lick your sack like explain that bro he would not let me in the gate yo okay so basically what happened was he called my house and i bro. had him already on the list so there was no need to even call my house and they wouldn't let him in and then Dude, I waited 20 minutes in the line. He's I, like, all right, you got to go wait again. I'm I, like, dude, call the house one more time. They'll pick up. He's like, no, you got to go wait. I'm like, bro, like, call the house right now. He's like, no, you got to wait or else I'm going to call the cops. I'm like, all right, bet. Call the well, cops. I, he basically, he wanted him to go back around and wait in the 30-minute line, which mm-hmm. is 
ridiculous. It, bro, Besides, it wasn't instead, instead of just calling was, my house one more time, it was way more, way more. It was like at least forty five. Instead of calling my house one more time, and he did that, and, and literally called the cops. Cops showed up, and then John literally just went right back around, and like front of, behind one car, and then got right in. So yeah. I, there was literally no point in that. So I mean, that just delayed our podcast. I mean, really, for that's minutes. why that guy's a guard gate because he's he's a fucking idiot, and that's the only thing that he could do is be a guard gate. I'm sorry, but fuck that guy. <laughs> It's called like a power trip, you know. Like, like it's a little power hungry. It happens. Yeah. It's like basketball refs, you know. They they feel so powerful sometimes, and they, they you know they call those little ticky tacky fouls and stuff. Like, oh, you trying to get into my neighborhood with yeah. with that attitude? Well, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I had no attitude with the guy either. Like, no, you he, were pretty respectful. I heard you on the phone, but like, it's just because you weren't budging. You're so yeah. pre- like I said, he's so persistent. He was yeah. not moving. It's the like, guy's like, I need you to go back in the back of line. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. It's like uh, I just waited. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. You go. You go. I have it's a like story. I just waited 30 minutes. All right, like just let me in. All right, you can call the phone one more time, and and if you don't call the phone, you know he's like, you're making my line long. I said, okay, so then call him one more time. He's like, no, you got to go around. I said, I'm gonna wait here. Until the cops come. And we're going to see how long your line gets. <laughs> or you could just call one more time and it had already been over with. Just like you said at the beginning of the podcast, if it's already bad, make it worse, right? So you're, he's being a dick, so he might as well be a dick too. Dude, sure. I can play rough if he wants to play rough. Like I was on a time crunch. So I had to get in here. I did not want to wait another 45 minutes. But yeah, but you ended up waiting 30 minutes anyway. You yeah. got 15 minutes off and got the cops called in you. So I guess it worked out for everybody. Yeah, that cop was cool, though. He's a cool cop. Yeah. But no, speaking of that, because there was one time your stubbornness and persistence did come in clutch. Um, me, it was me, you, this dude right here. Mm-hmm. We went to a little venue, a little, a little spot. And either local to our area would not be named, but um, we were supposed to get into the entry for the entry, and it was like twenty dollars. Oh, I know where you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it was like twenty dollars. Yeah, John started crying about it the whole time. The guys are like, no, no, but like really, he really he negotiate that, like because like because because not anyone can really pull up to like a venue and then like they ask for twenty and then you be like, yo, bro, I am paying twenty, and then. You you paid the ten, you know what I'm saying? Especially you went on no list. It's because John's famous, bro. They know you who know he is. Saying? They saw him and he you know complained about so it. Like, and they said, "All right, ten bucks off." You know, just because I know you and I love you. And, and we had some females with us too, so nah. they they want to they want to. I'm gonna let you on a secret. Whenever you're buying something, you gotta be unhappy about buying it. Doesn't matter if it's the. You're one of those people. You're gonna be the nine year old person in the store that nobody wants to fucking deal with, but screams at every single employee. That's gonna be you. No, nah, I'm gonna just have my butler go in that bitch for me and go buy what I need. You fucking dickhead. Yeah, because for now, every time I buy something or every time I make a business deal, I'm unhappy, so I can negotiate the best way. But how do you have happy customers then if you plan on being unhappy no matter what? After the deal is signed, it's a whole different me. That's facts. This guy's a hustler. When you're when you're making it, I used to buy and sell trailers in high school. You guys know that? No, I didn't know that. Can you yeah. go a little bit into more so detail? So when that? I was 17, my friend Michael Mazzo, his dad, when he was younger, had a hustle of buying and selling trailers. So his dad taught Mazzo, my friend Michael, how to buy and sell trailers. Michael brought me onto the business as a 50-50 partner. So we would scan Craigslist. This is literally such a hustle. I'm putting you all in so much sauce. We would scan Craigslist, buy a trailer for like 300 bucks. We'd spray paint it. Sometimes you put on new carpet and new lights, and then we'd sell it for like two grand. And we'd flip them. 
one summer we did like 32 trailers. The summer when I was 17 years old, we did 32 trailers. That's a hustle. But every time you'd go to buy the trailer, dang, man, like the tires don't look good on this trailer. Like that's going to be $200 in tires. I can't buy this. Dude, the carpet's ripped. I'm going to have to buy a new carpet. The the lights don't work. Man, I'm going to buy. I'm gonna have to buy lights. Look at the the, the, the axles are, are rusted. The hubs don't look good. I'm going to need new hubs. I'm going to need to put like 1600 bucks into this trailer. Like, what's the best you can do for it? Like, the most I'm willing to pay is like, I don't know, help me out. Well, the most, normally when you're doing something like that, like flipping houses or flipping trailers or flipping anything, you always want to think, if I'm putting this much money in, how much is the profit going to be that I'm getting back from it? And is it going to be worth my time and the money that I put into it? Always got to think about that. Because what if you put two grand into something and someone says they'll buy it for two grand? You fucking made no money. You just played with your hands yeah. and your penis for fucking a couple days, hours, weeks, whatever it was for no fucking reason. My but, dad always told me this. He said, you make your money on the purchase. Yeah. Go into detail. What does that mean? Let's say you're flipping a house. Okay. The house can sell after it's fixed for four hundred thousand. The house is listed for three eighty. It's not gonna be worth your time to buy it, fix everything up, and then sell it for four hundred thousand. So you wanna buy that house for three hundred forty thousand or three hundred sixty thousand because the purchase is where you make your money. Gotcha. Good good a good point. Mm-hmm. Teaches you to increase your negotiating. You gotta haggle. You gotta be a haggler. Yeah, I know. No one's gonna haggle for and, you, bro. And you gotta be willing to walk away from the deal too. Like you gotta, I, you gotta put your balls where your mouth is. You gotta have big nuts. What with that? Speaking I think it's, big it's like a, a abundance mindset. You mm-hmm. have to have the abundance because if you don't have abundance in your your uh, what's it called in your opportunities, you'll mm-hmm. never like you know what I'm saying. Like, be able to walk away from a deal. You feel me? Yeah, you can't walk away from the deal if you're in a scarcity mindset. Because you're thinking, oh, I need this deal. I need this to go through. If you walk in there with your nuts hanging. (laughs) (laughs) Was that you? That was you, you, guy. I did too. That wasn't me. That was you, guy. Yo, that was a ghost then. The what? I think I was cast. But yeah, if you got to walk in there with your nuts hanging and you got to be like, all right, well, I don't care whether or not I get this deal, but you're going to give it to me for what I want or else... We're probably not gonna do business. Yeah, but right. Every single deal I make, I do it with that. I had a phone call yesterday with an ad agency for Google. The guy was telling me he was like, "Yeah, our prices are this." I was like, "Has there ever been a case where you do your prices like this?" Oh, I like that. <laughs> I heard a little crack. crack. I heard a little crack. Yo, don't ever voice crack when you're negotiating. <laughs> that's that's you how you you're lose. Full of shit when you do that. Yeah, have you ever done your price like this? Because I didn't like the deal who's offering me, so I said, "Hey, look, have you ever done it like this? A better deal for me." Unfortunately, he was willing to walk away from the deal. He said, "No, if that's how it is, we won't do business." Okay. We're not doing business now because, I mean, I wouldn't take the deal and he didn't want to negotiate the deal. All right, yeah. So, um, if, because um, most pub- people in the public, the, the public, just anyone in general that's looking to buy or sell a real estate, they don't know the ins and outs of of real estate. Cause thank- thankfully, there's re- re- rules and regulations so people can't just be like, hey, I found this house, I'm going to just do it myself by using your, your systems or whatever. But with you... You don't really have because e-commerce is it's a new industry, so you don't really have any regulations that like, uh, to my knowledge, that like can, 
stop people from doing that. Dude, someone, if I'd said my brand right now, someone could go on my TikTok account, save my video, upload it to TikTok ads, and start running ads with my exact video that I made and start absolutely crushing it like I am and competing against me. It is such a cutthroat industry. There are copy and paste millionaires out there. I'm one of them. I'm a motherfucking so copy and paste you're millionaire, steal, bro. Steal, but don't teach others how to steal. No, I'm, I'm not saying steal at all. I'm saying don't reinvent the wheel. If there's a product out there that's already selling, you can make iterations of that product and do it a little bit better and then sell the same product if it's not copyrighted or patented. So that's what you're doing. Yes. I hmm. saw a company that was selling this product and I'm like, all right, cool. Let me go find the supplier. So I found the supplier for that product and I'm like, all right, cool. Let me make an entire brand based around this product and then start selling it. I made an entire brand. I got all the inventory in the United States. I made a TikTok video. The TikTok went viral, 10 million views, generated me like $50,000 in revenue in like 10 days at a 70% profit margin. And then I used that same TikTok video that I made, uploaded it to the TikTok ads manager and started running paid ads to that video. And now this week, this week I'm at 35K, just this week. Just this Can week, you want to you want to give away your percentages over time. I'm making uh, my average margin um, before I started paid ads was seventy one percent. After starting paid ads, I'm at an average of like forty five percent margin. I, I like I like that um, because with like what you're saying, basically, because this little saying that I heard before is like like it's okay to copy the cat. But you had to copy the right cat. You know what I'm saying? Like, because like you have to see the product that you're looking at, and then if it's not doing what you're supposed to be doing or the numbers that you're expected to see, then why would you go ahead and put yourself in that situation where you can't even, you know what I'm saying, make profit off of it? Mm -hmm. Look, you guys know who Manscaped is, right? Yeah, the Manscaping the the, the shaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, waterproof shaver designed and branded for your balls. Yeah. It's not balls. like it's not like they're the only ones who are allowed to sell a shaver for your balls. I know. Like some hustler kid could go out on Alibaba, find the exact product that Manscaped has, brand that entire product, get a ton of affiliates to go on TikTok and make TikTok videos for that product, use those TikTok videos as paid ads, ship it out with a quick supply chain, run customer service, and bam, you're competing with Manscaped. It's a huge pie. The men's grooming niche is a huge pie. Oh, it is. It's got to be in the right place. You can just right get time. a piece of the pie. With the right ads. So basically you're saying Manscaped was just like uh, using the same e-commerce system that like, that you were using. And anyone could really just, like you know what I'm saying, like hop on it. But you had to find your niche. Anyone can do the system. And anyone can do the system. But you need to know what the system is. And that takes years and years of failing, finding out what it isn't. Until you find out what it is. Gotcha. It's good advice. That's really that's a really good way to end it too. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to wrap this up soon. We're getting close right. on time. We got more guests coming in and stuff to deal with today. But uh, yeah, uh, thank you for coming on, John. I really appreciate you spreading your wisdom and your my uh, pleasure. Advice around here. Yeah, I mean that was a really good nugget you just dropped on us. Um, uh, again, you know, it's a pleasure to have you on.